0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is America's Healthcare Advocate Show. Hello America, welcome to America's Healthcare Advocate Show. Separating fact from fiction. The issue of health care. It's still a government-run health insurance plan. We will provide you with a choice. It's going to cost millions of Americans their jobs. Their jobs. Broadcasting coast-to-coast coast across the U.S.A. Now, Susan's calling from Kansas City, Missouri. Marsha from Pittsburgh. My very special guest today, Grace Marie Turner, president of the Galen Institute. Welcome back, Grace Marie. Look, well, Carrie, it's a pleasure to be with you, and I do have to say, you are the most knowledgeable about health policy, just superlative. And now, ladies and gentlemen, America's healthcare advocate, Kerry Hall. Hello, America. Welcome to America's Healthcare Advocates Show, broadcasting coast-to-coast coast across the USA. 140 affiliates strong now. We're pretty happy about that. Add our, we added our newest one in the great state of Pennsylvania, so we're very happy about that. 140 affiliates across the country for this broadcast. Our producer today, Mr. Scott Larson. I'm your host, Kerry Hall. This is your show, America. Thank you for joining us and making us one of the most listen talk shows throughout the United States. Okay, I have a big announcement today. I have stepped into the 21st century. Scott's surprise! Oh my actually... gosh, what have you done? <laughs> I have become a Twitter person. So Holy my... moly! There we go. My Twitter handle is at Carrie Hall AHA. At Carrie Hall AHA. If you want to follow me, if you want to tweet me, if you want to. Strike up a 140-character conversation, I'll do my best. But the, the Twitter handle is at Carrie Hall, A-H-A. That's my Twitter handle. I will be posting up there regarding changes with Obamacare, what's going on in the marketplace. So I will be putting information up there for people if you care to follow me at that Twitter handle, at Carry Hall, A-H-A. So you're no longer – social media challenged. <laughs> well, I don't know about that part, but we're, but we're going to do our best. Okay? Welcome to the 21st yes, century. Indeed. Welcome to the 21st century. So I'm doing that. If you have specific questions today, by the way, about health insurance or anything else we talk about on this broadcast, um, our operators are standing by 877-385-2224, 877-385-2224. The website, americashealthcareadvocate.com. And you can also listen to these broadcasts on iTunes and TuneIn radio um, if you choose to do that. Well, you may have noticed the monologue's a little different today, and that's because I'm going to step out today and I'm going to do something I don't normally do. I'm going to tackle uh, this whole issue from a political standpoint and from a reality standpoint. I'm going to separate fact from fiction on what's going on with Obamacare and what is going on with the disassembly if you will or the taking apart of obamacare uh, by the house and by the senate and what's going to happen uh, when donald trump assumes residence at 1600 pennsylvania avenue so this is going to take some time today but i want i think it's time for people to understand what's really going on here and i'm going to do my best to present this to you factually, so you will understand uh, what's happening, what's going to happen, and what are the consequences going to be. I don't have all the answers, but I've got some answers, and I've got a significant amount of insight. So let's start with what's happening right now. The Senate budget resolution uh, will, be, will be put in motion as a process that allows for a simple majority vote so that 50 senators can begin the process of dismantling Obamacare. It's a two-step process known as reconciliation. So this this the, there will be two committees that will be formed. These committees, one in the House and one in the Senate, will meet um, and through this budget reconciliation procedure, they will then decide how they're going to take Obamacare apart. What parts of it are they going to eliminate? What parts of it are they going to keep? How are they going to change it? How are they going to rewrite it? So <clears throat> we're going to get into all of the panic that we're hearing in the mainstream media, if you will, about the horrible outcomes of what's going to happen when Obamacare goes away. And do, do be clear on one thing, ladies and gentlemen. Let's Let's be really clear on one thing. It is going to go away. There is no doubt in my mind. How that's going to look and what the shape of that's going to be, I have some ideas on that. I have some insight to that. And the timeline, there there are three timelines that are being talked about. One is six months. I don't think that's going to happen. One is one year, and the other one is two years. So what the discussion at this point is that it will be repealed, there will be a Uh, a a recess process, a holiday process, uh, a limbo, whatever you want to call it, where everything will be left alone, even though they've done the repeal, the the people, the 20 million people that are on the plan, getting subsidies, all the rest that will be left in place over a period of time as these two committees, the House and the Senate, redesign what they're going to replace it with. So they're going to repeal it. Then they're going to take a hiatus to figure out what they're going to uh, replace it with and what that's going to look like here's what i think is going to happen it's not going to happen in six months i mean i don't think that donald trump thinks that can happen and i certainly don't think that the senate republicans or the house republicans think that can happen Um, and i think two years is probably too long so i think what you're going to see is somewhere around a year for this thing to be repealed Immediately, and for the replacing process to go forward as they put the pieces of the puzzle together. Because this is a complicated uh, bill. This thing was badly designed when it was put in place. It has not worked. We'll talk about that as we move on in the broadcast. But it was badly designed. It's a hodgepodge, Um, it still isn't functioning like it should and it will take time for them to put something together that's going to make sense. What do I think is going to happen right out of the gate? Number one, the penalty and you're being forced to sign up for health insurance will probably go away on January 21st. Number two, community rating for group health insurance will probably go away shortly thereafter. Number three, money owed to the health insurance carriers and there are millions of dollars owed to them my guess is if the carriers are going to be asked to stay in the marketplace and they're being asked by the, by, the, by the new administration and the transition people to stay in the marketplace. The monies that are owed them, monies they were supposed to get for staying in the marketplace and taking huge losses to compensate for some of those losses, those monies never transferred to them. That did not happen. And that lies at the feet of the Senate Republicans, most specifically, Senator Marco Rubio, who put a poison pill in an appropriations bill that killed the relief corridors where they were going to get money back. So let me give you an example. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Kansas City lost $113 million. I believe it's over a two-year period. Okay, Of that, $56 million should have come back to them. Through this process, through this the, the the three relief corridors, that money was suspended and they didn't get it. Okay, the the numbers get much bigger when you talk about United Healthcare six hundred million, Aetna three hundred million. Humana hasn't released what their numbers are, but you get the idea of what I'm talking about here. So what occurred as a result of that was, and we'll talk about this again later in the broadcast, was these carriers pulled out of the marketplace, with the exception of the Blues. The Blues stayed in. What's going to have to happen as part of this deal with the insurance industry to to revive the marketplace and get it back to where it makes sense for people and it's affordable is you're going to have to bring those those dollars back to the carrier so they're willing to come back in the marketplace and provide health insurance across the board. So out of the gate, that's what I see happening. Here's what's not going to happen. And I don't care. And I and I and we'll go into some of Nancy Pelosi's comments and some of the other people that that, that are making uh, predictions and comments out there. The Republicans and the Trump administration are not going to dump 20 million people and cancel their health insurance. If you're hearing that, that's a load of hay. That is not going to happen. And part of this transition process, whether it's six months or a year, is to ensure that that doesn't happen. That would be called fake news. Well, I guess that's, one way that's, that's what we, we would call fake news by, you know, intimidating the public into thinking, hey, you're going to be canceled and we know that they're doing it. It's fake news. That, that's not going to happen. Now, there have been a whole bunch of people canceled under Obamacare. There have been a ton of people who got cancellation letters across the country, from United, from Aetna, from Humana, from carriers that have pulled out of the marketplace because they are they're incurring huge losses and they will not stay in and keep doing this so that's already happened on that side so if you want to talk about cancellations look at what's happened across the board across the country all right so that's that's where I see this thing jumping off. This is where I see uh, the beginnings of this happening, uh, and, and it, there's a lot of work that has to be done. Like I said, this is a very complicated piece of legislation. It was put together very badly. It has not functioned up to now. If it was functioning, you wouldn't have all these carriers pulling out of the marketplace, and you wouldn't have situations that you have now where selections are less, cost is greater, and, and let's take a look at that. So you have people like Nancy Pelosi, who I'm not sure if Nancy Pelosi lives in an alternate universe or exactly uh, where she comes up with some of the things she says. But here, this is a quote from her this week. The purpose of the Affordable Care Act was to lower costs, improve benefits, and increase access. So now I'm going to go through those three points, and I'm going to explain to you where they have worked and where they haven't. So let's talk about lower costs. Well, where have costs been lower? Where across this country have people seen their insurance premiums go down? Was it in Arizona with a 116% increase? Was it in Kansas with the 29% increase? Or maybe it was in Missouri with the 48% increase. I could go through state after state after state, and I can show you increases that are astronomical, that are, that are very difficult for people to pay. Now, if you're getting a big fat subsidy from the federal government and they're paying 90% of it, That doesn't impact you. But what about all the people that don't qualify for subsidies? What happens to them? They wind up paying these premiums. And that's exactly what we see going on. When I come back after the break, we'll continue this discussion. Stay tuned. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate on the HIA Radio Network. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast-to-coast across the USA. Here on the HI Radio Network, you can find out more about us by visiting our website, americashealthcareadvocate.com. You can also now follow me on Twitter at... Carrie Hall, a h a at Carrie Hall, a h a. That's where, that's where my that's my Twitter handle, and you can follow me there. I'm posting, answering questions, trying to uh, stay within that 140 character limit. Scott, I'm not sure how good I'm going to be. Yeah, at good this. luck with that. Yeah, I'm trying. You'll have okay? to learn how to use yeah. synonyms and and, and abbreviations. Yeah, it's not really like doing radio. Let's put it that way. <laughs> all right, so what are we doing today? We're talking about the repeal and replacement of Obamacare, and I am sick of hearing all of this garbage in the media. On either side, it doesn't make any difference to me who's doing this. What I'm doing today is I'm explaining to you what I know is going to happen. I'm also explaining to you the nonsense that we're hearing. The House of Cards is going to collapse now, and then the world's going to come to an end in terms of people having health insurance when Obamacare gets repealed. That's not going to happen. So we were examining the comment by Nancy Pelosi uh, the other day that the purpose of the Affordable Care Act was to lower costs improve benefits and increase access well we covered the lower cost part that hasn't happened anywhere that I know of maybe it happened in Guam but I don't think it happened anywhere else all right so let's talk about improving benefits so this was these are her words now improving benefits how have we improved benefits when we have raised people's out-of-pocket costs to sixty eight hundred dollars or twelve thousand dollars where have benefits improved yes. We now have all pre-existing conditions covered. Yes, we have um, uh, wellness benefits now across the board. Those two things are improved. But what good is health insurance when your out-of-pocket costs are as high as $6,800 to $12,000? So there were some things that were an improvement, and as I said... I'm going to point out both sides of the equation, but there are a lot of things here that are not improved, and that does not help people. One of the biggest complaints, even from people who were architects of this bill, was the costs have gotten so high for people out-of-pocket, even though they get health insurance, what good is it? They can't use it because the out-of-pocket costs are so high. So... <clears throat> once again, did it meet its goal of improving benefits? Well, yes, by getting rid of pre-existing conditions, that was a huge problem. And by giving people full wellness access with no cost, that was, that, that was certainly a benefit. But on the other side of the equation, what it's costing people in terms of real dollars out of their pocket, I think it's an abysmal failure, okay? And that has to be addressed. That's part of what the Republicans have to address when they, when they repeal and replace this thing. So how do you fix that? Well, you, you, you fix it by lowering costs. You fix it by making this thing make sense to people and, and, and putting competition back in the marketplace. So carriers prior to Obamacare, yes, we had pre-existing conditions, and, and, and that was certainly an issue. And the insurance industry should have figured that out a long time ago, but they didn't, much to their chagrin. Having said that, you fix it by letting the marketplace come back and do what it's supposed to do. And, and that's a great question and an example of how that works – on the group side, is look at how the marketplace has responded with level premium plans, captive plans, and self-funded models that are exploding across the country with enrollment and companies coming into them, like the Pareto Contrarian Re, which I started with four years ago, had 44 companies in it. Today, it's got over 300 companies that are moving off of fully insured models over to these models. Level premium plans from companies like Starmark, IHC, and National General, where business is literally exploding that they we had so many clients moving into those models that the carriers couldn't get the policies issued fast enough um, on the small group side Blue Cross of Kansas City had 900 policies they're trying to process from small group, people moving back into the group side, uh, because it made more sense and there were more choices and it was more competitive. So in answer to the question, Scott, let the marketplace do what it does. Keep in place the pre-existing issue. Keep in place kids on until 26 and 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 leave the, the preventive care model in place, but you've got to fix this thing and make sense out of it so the carriers will compete. Now, let's go to the third point Ms. Pelosi makes, increased access. Where did they increase access? What what providers have you seen increased access? I'll tell you what's happened. As this thing is narrowed and narrowed and narrowed, and carriers have tried to reduce their exposure and their losses on the claim side because they're, they're bleeding cash on the Affordable Care Act, what they've done is they've narrowed the network of providers because hospitals don't want to accept these lower reimbursement levels. So you have narrow networks with fewer providers, and it has not increased access. It has decreased access. So I think Ms. Pelosi strikes out at least on two of these three, and they certainly don't make a lot of sense in terms of whether Obamacare has done the things that she says it was designed to do, which is lower cost, improved benefits, and increased access? I would have to say they get about about a D plus on this, maybe. No, no, they not even a D plus. I, I, maybe an F plus. I would give them an no, F plus I'll, I'll, on I'll that. I'll give them benefit <laughs> doubt on some of that, but I'm certainly not going to give them the benefit of the doubt on the rest of it. Because exactly. It's simply not going to work. Okay? I mean, for instance, somebody's got a twelve thousand dollar deductible. You're never going to make that. No, in a year, you're never going to do that. No, and and the other thing is, you're not. Are you going? You're not going to go. Do the things you need to do to manage your health. If if you if your out-of-pocket costs are so high, people just simply aren't going to do it. Or if you're on a plan where you've got two doctor visits as part of the deal, um, and you you're a diabetic and you need to go six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven times a year, whatever it may be, what are you going to do? Uh, there's no copay now. You got you're into your deductible. You got to pay for it out of your pocket. So no, it has not worked and it has not worked well. I said it before and I'll say it again. This thing was not well designed. Remember. That the way this was laid out was all the millennials, all the young people were going to sign up, and then they were going to balance the books with the older people, those of us that are chronologically challenged with a lot of health care issues. So the dollars coming in from the young were going to cover the claims costs going out. Guess what? I said it before. Millennials didn't get the didn't get the memo. They're paying the penalty. They didn't sign up. They're not going to buy health insurance. That's where you have to put sanity back in the marketplace. If you make health insurance affordable and you get these people on board, you can start to balance this out again. That's going to take some time to do because they've created a giant mess the way it is now. So th- that that's kind of the, what I see. Uh, uh, you know, on both sides of the aisle now, as far as where we're going with this thing, um, I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit more about um, some, some of the other things that the, uh, Ms. Pelosi made some other very interesting comments, and, and, I'll, and I'll talk about that when I come back from the break. And that's going to be on the group side, and we'll talk about what's happening with group insurance, what's happening with employer-sponsored care in terms of how the uh, Affordable Care Act has impacted that, and what's going to happen now. Um, with this repeal and replace, how is that going to impact? Because while there's a big focus on the 20 million people that get health insurance off the exchange through Obamacare, there's a whole other side to this thing that directly impacts employers, directly impacts um, uh, imp- uh, plans that employers offer, uh, impacts the carriers, and um, obviously uh, impacts the people that are paying for health insurance and their choices. So when I come back from the break, we will talk about that, and we'll get into the, um, uh, to the group market and talk about what's, what's going to go on there and where we're at. And then I'm going to offer some solutions to people today. What can you do today as you wait to find out what's going to happen as these changes go into effect with Obamacare. So we'll talk about all that when I come back from the break. By the way, my Twitter handle now, but for those of you out there that would like to follow me on Twitter, is Carrie Hall, at Carrie Hall, A-H-A, at Carrie Hall, A-H-A is the Twitter handle. The website is americashealthcareadvocate.com. And if you need help with something, 913-385-2224 or 877-385-2224. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting on the HI Radio Network, coast to coast across the USA. Back, you're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA here on the HIA Radio Network. You can find out more about us by visiting our website, America's Healthcare Our producer, Mr. Scott Larson. I'm your host, Carrie Hall. You can follow me on Twitter at Carrie Hall, I have entered the 21st century. Scott thinks it's going to be a challenge for me to keep it to 140 characters. I will do my best. At Kerry Hall AHA, the website, americashealthcareadvocate.com. And if you want help with health insurance, you're looking, you need help, please feel free to give us a call, 877-385-2224, 2224 All right. So, we're, we're what we're talking about today is what's going to happen with repeal and replacement I've gone through um, uh, what what I think is going to occur right out of the gate I've talked about the timeline six month one year or two years I personally believe at least from everything I'm hearing and the people I'm talking to both in Washington and and CEOs of, of of health insurance companies as well as other people that are in the know. We're looking at probably a year uh, where things will be in a transition stage and, and the Republicans will come up with a plan uh, that, that does not kick 20 million people off of health insurance. Uh, you're, you're not going to see people lose their health insurance. That's not going to occur. So you're also not going to see things like pre-existing conditions come back, and you're, and you're going to see the wellness benefits, the preventive care stay in place in kids until they're 26. So all of this— Uh, doomsday uh, nonsense that we're hearing uh, from a lot of people in the media who really don't know what the hell they're talking about as well as people like Nancy Pelosi who I'm not sure anymore uh, uh, sometimes what what alternate universe Miss Pelosi lives in but um, I've used her as an example because she's a spokesman for the party so we're going to talk about group health insurance now so this is another comment of hers um, this week This is not just about the 20 million people who get their health insurance from Obamacare. It's also about the 75% of Americans who get their benefits from the workplace and not through ACA. Guess what? She's 100% right. It is about them. And let's talk about what that impact has been on the employer side, because not a lot of people have talked about that. Let's talk about what's happened there. Aside from the onerous reporting requirements that employers have been now been saddled with requirements that they report to the IRS, health and human services, the department of labor, the list goes on. Okay. This is all new part of Obamacare now. So in addition to that, let's talk about what the impact has been on the cost. Well, the first thing we did was we had community rating come in. So groups of less than a hundred, we're on, uh, on the community rating platform. Now it's down to groups less than 50, but they're community rated. What does community rating do? Well, let's use the analogy of you have automobile insurance, and you're with Allstate, and your neighbor down the street's with Allstate, and your neighbor down the street gets a DUI and piles his car into a tree, and he gets a 48% premium increase the next year. Under the community rating theory, you're going to get a 48% increase That's the way it works. That's the easiest explanation I can give you of what community rating has done to the group health insurance market. So community rating has had a dramatic impact um, on the cost of health insurance across the board, especially squeezing the small employer. The employer of 100 lives and less has been directly impacted by this. Premium increases basically have ranged from 11% to 38 percent depending on the plan you're on depending on whether it was grandfathered in depending on whether it was an ACA plan um, the norm has been probably right around 16 percent but they've been as high as 38 Marion Illinois uh, was on the front page of the paper about four three months ago Uh, four months ago 38 percent increase from Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Illinois Um, we've seen that across the board and it's as a result of the uh, ACA regulations it's a result of Rating—it's a result of the lack of competition in the marketplace. Those are all things that have happened um, as a result of this. So, Ms. Pelosi is absolutely right. The impact uh, on 75 percent of the Americans uh, there is definitely an impact, and it has not been a positive one. I'm sorry to say that there has been nothing positive about that issue. There was no, and is no. Uh, there was no pre-existing condition clause. Um, uh, on on group health insurance under the Small Group Reform Act that was put in place many, many years ago. So that was a Kennedy-Kassenbaum deal that was done in in the late 80s, I believe, if I remember it correctly. So the small group issue wasn't about pre-existing conditions, but what happened was the government came in and laid a whole new series of regulations and taxes. Let's talk about the taxes. The taxes have been horrific. So the taxes are being passed on to the employer in the form of higher taxes the insurance industry had a $100 billion tax increase. Who got to pay that? You did. They bought the Obamacare tax is in every group policy. If one of the big motivators to move off of a fully insured plan over to a partially self funded model or level premium model or captive model was you get rid of the 6% Obamacare tax right out of the gate, you also get rid of community rating. Okay, And that's why that marketplace is thriving, because it's those, those plans are written on an ERISA, Department of Labor platform, and they totally bypass a lot of these ACA regulations. So the marketplace has reacted to that where it could, and it has been extremely successful in terms of the number of, of employers that have moved to that model because of the onerous uh, uh, reporting procedures, the taxes, and obviously the cost um, under Obamacare. And here's another thing that's happened. You know, you've got the the metal plans now. You've got platinum, gold, silver, and bronze. Now almost all the carriers. I don't know if, if there's a platinum plan still out there. I certainly haven't seen any of them. So we're down to basically gold, silver, and bronze. And most employers are moving to the the, the middle of the road, the silver plans. But once again. You have the federal government stepping in and telling carriers how they have to set these models up, what they have to do. So you've taken away uh, the opportunity for the marketplace to dictate. Let me give you an example. I was meeting with a company in Oklahoma a couple of weeks ago, and the owner of that company, uh, they're they're a company that uh, does genetic work, and they're very, very successful at what they do, asked me if we could have a $20,000 deductible. Now, people might laugh at that. Okay, but they felt that they could they could fund up to that twenty thousand dollar deductible if they could buy a policy for that. Well, those policies don't exist. Okay. Now at one time there were policies on the marketplace that had a $10,000 deductible. I don't know that I think 20000 makes a lot of sense, but there were policies you could buy before ACA with a $10,000 deductible. So if you had a company of 10 people and everybody made one hundred and fifty dollars to $200,000 a year, and you said, look, I'm going to buy a policy for the whole company with a $10,000 deductible, and I'm going to pay the first 5000 of that. And then if you blow through that, the next $5,000 is on you. What's the difference between that and $6,300 out of pocket with Obamacare? Okay, so do you see what I'm trying to say here? The marketplace will correct if given the opportunity to correct. If you take all of this regulation and this nonsense that's been piled on top of employers through these ACA regulations, you'll let the marketplace will start to explode again. It's already happening. Let me give an example. I think I mentioned earlier in the broadcast, Blue Cross and Blue Shield had in the queue Before the Christmas holidays, 900, this is Blue Cross of Kansas City, 900 small group policies they were trying to get processed. Do you know why? Because people with an LLC or a sub-S, we were advising them along with lots of other brokers that if you are on an individual health insurance policy, not subsidized, and you got the 48% increase or the 29% increase, we could move you over to a group policy for about the same price or less. And guess what? You had more than two choices because in the Kansas City market surrounding area, you had two choices under Blue Cross and Blue Shield. And all the other carriers have pulled out of the market with the exception of one plan in Kansas and one plan in Missouri. And here's the problem <coughs> with that. And, and nothing against Blue, but they're, they're select plans, which means a lot of the the facilities and doctors saying, I'm not taking it. They were narrow network plans. And that's not on Blue Cross. That's on the providers right. who don't want to accept like Children's Mercy, like certain other hospitals, don't want to accept the lower-level reimbursements, so they're not going to be in the network. Okay, well, that's what happens. So what happened? The market, we said to people, hey, guess what? Blue Cross is letting people come in with a two-person group, with a one-person group. you got an LLC, you got a sub-S corporation, we can write you a group health insurance policy. A whole lot of people got LLCs and sub-S corporations. It, As I told some folks at Blue Cross, it's going to explode. Even I didn't anticipate it was going to explode that much. And I would bet you around the country that story is pretty much the same. And the point I'm making here is if given the opportunity, the market will correct, okay, and we'll have an opportunity to bring competition back into the marketplace and drive pricing down – and provide better benefits for people and give people a choice. One of the other things that's happened as a result of this whole ACA thing is choices have been taken away. The choices are dictated by the government and the insurance carriers are like utilities. They're told what they can charge, they're told what they can offer, and they're told what they can get back. That has to change. And that's part of what's going to change as they dismantle Obamacare. We'll be back after the break. We'll wrap it up with our last segment of the show. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting on the HIA radio network, coast-to-coast across the USA. You can reach us by phone at 877-385-2224. You can follow me on Twitter, at Carrie Hall, A-H-A, at Carrie Hall, AJ. Stay tuned. We'll We'll be right back after the break. Big difference for you. The Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast-to-coast coast across the USA. Here on the HIE Radio Network, you can find out more about us by visiting our website, americashealthcareadvocate.com. And you can now follow me on Twitter at Kerry Hall, A-H-A, at Kerry Hall, A-H-A. If we can help you with anything, you can call us at 877-385-2224. Anywhere in the country, we are happy to help you, 877-385-2224. My producer, Mr. Scott Larson, I'm your host, Carrie Hall. All right, I right, we've gone through all of this. What's going on? What's going to happen? What do I predict? What is what is a load of nonsense and what kind of nonsense are we hearing coming out of Um, Washington from a lot of these people that are predicting uh, the world's going to come to an end with the end of Obamacare. Let's talk about what you can do today. First of all, if if you are uh, someone who has bought insurance on the marketplace um, and you're not getting a subsidy, um, two-person groups are available almost all over the country. Um, And you can leave the marketplace anytime you want, and you can buy a group policy anytime you want. There is no open enrollment or closing open enrollment when you can't buy a group policy. So if you've got an LLC, you've got a sub S, there's an alternate. It can make a big difference for you. Cost-wise, A lot of times it's significantly less, but even if it's not less, you have far more choices. You have 15, 20 plan designs you can pick from with all kinds of deductibles, HSAs, HRAs, full PPO plans. There are all kinds of options available to you. So. If you've got a small business, maybe you're employed and you've got a side business with an LLC. I can't tell you how many people came out of the woodwork this year that had side companies that were already in place that were LLCs or sub S's. Well, that qualifies you for a group health insurance plan. So that's one of the things you can do and you can reach out to us and we can help you with that. Uh, and that number is 8773852224 if you want to call. So now let's say you're a, a, an employer with five lives up to 500 lives. Well, you've got a lot of choices. You can move to a level premium plan. Um, that level premium plan five lives qualifies you with uh, one of the one of the carriers we work with, Starmark, um, uh, IHC or National General, you can, you can do uh, a level premium plan. They are underwritten. So there's underwriting. You do have to app up, um, but the acceptance rate on those plans probably runs about 80% right now. So that's certainly an option uh, if you are five lives or more. If you're 50 lives or more, you have an option to move on to one of the captives. We work with the Berkeley captive. We work with the Pareto Contrarian Re captive. 50 lives to 1,000 lives, um, you can move to one of those plans. Um, although I think, you know, when you start looking at, at at numbers above 200, it probably makes sense to do your own standalone self-funded model. We'll talk about that in a second. But for, pe- for employers that have five lives to 50 lives, the level premium partially self-funded models really work well. They're underwritten, but the costs <laughs> they can be 20, 30 percent below, especially after the renewal rates we saw come through this year. 20 to 30 percent below uh, what's out there in, in on the fully insured side. So those are options that are available to you. Again. 50 lives to, I would say, 200, 250. Um, the the, the, the is both the Pareto captive, which has exploded in growth, the Berkeley captives, which have been around for a very long time, we just put a group into their Hamilton uh, captive, uh, and it worked out very well for them. They saved a significant amount of money and had total transparency. It was about 80 lives. So those, those, those are uh, available to you. If your broker or your agent isn't talking to you about that or isn't showing you that, then shame on them. Okay, because they should be. It's a lot more work, but it can make a huge difference for the uh, for, for your employee population and a huge difference for you in terms of controlling costs. And then, obviously, there is um, <clears throat> the standalone self-funded model. If you've got 150, 200, 300, 400, 500 employees, whatever it is, um, I urge you to look at a self-funded health insurance plan. It's what Companies like Costco, Whole Foods, Home Depot, uh, that's what they do. They don't buy health insurance. They have a self-funded model. They pay the claims, they buy access to a network, and that's—and they hire a TPA, uh, maybe a broker consultant to help them put it all together, and that's how they do it. That's what a standalone self-funded model does. It gives you that opportunity to do that. The beauty of the captives, by the way, back to that for a second, is that you have, like in the Pareto Captive 300 companies that come together and buy health insurance. Guess what? That makes them the same size as Whole Foods, Costco, or Home Depot, maybe even a little bigger, okay? So one of the reasons that model has become so attractive is we've been able to, our our clients this year saw increases of between 3% and 5.6%. Let's contrast that back to Miss Pelosi and her comments about what the Affordable Care Act is doing for the seventy-five percent of the people who have insurance through their employer. Um, I didn't. I didn't see increases come through like that this year, unless you were on a grandfathered plan that was extended. Okay, by the carrier, the ACA plans did not have increases like that. They had increases, as I said, eleven to thirty-eight percent. Most of them came in around sixteen. So those are some things you can do today uh, that can make a big difference for you. You do have options. Um, You have to understand what they are. Uh, If you want help with those options, you can always reach out to us. Our phone number is 877-385-2224, and uh, we are happy uh, to help uh, anyone. Uh, wherever you are, we write a business all over this country, from Glasgow, Tennessee, to Tulsa, Oklahoma, to San Diego, California. And if we can help you with health insurance, whether it's individual or you you own a company, you're an employer. You know, another thing, by the way, we're happy to do it, but another point. We're seeing a lot of employers that didn't offer health insurance um, now wanting to offer health insurance. It's really kind of interesting. I had an owner of a company uh, last week, called me, and uh, I asked him what made him decide to do it, and he said, because I can't keep people. My biggest problem is that you know the second question they ask after salary is, what are the benefits? And when you tell them you don't have any, and in the past, you could shuffle them over to the individual side, uh, maybe pay for part of it, and it worked out. Well, that's gone. Okay? With the increases that came through this year, that's, that's just gone. So a lot of employers are looking at putting in place a legitimate group health insurance plan, which, by the way lets them write off um, they get a tax write off for putting that group health insurance plan in place and that comes right off the top of their taxes uh, not to mention the benefit of being able to retain employees um, get a better class of employees because you're offering a good benefit so there are some definite advantages to making all this work well i hope all of this was informative today uh, i hope you learned something from this i hope i answered a uh, I, I get a lot of questions about what's going to happen. There's a lot of misinformation out there. I hope we cleared some of that up for you. By the way, you can follow me now on Twitter at Carrie Hall AHA at Carry Hall um, and I'm going to do my best to keep up with this. Scott, we'll see how I do. <laughs> with 140 radio stations, work. this ought to get really <laughs> interesting. So we'll see how I do. At Carry Hall AHA, the website is America'sHealthcareAdvocate.com. The phone number. And now I leave you with this thought from Albert Einstein. The one who follows the crowd will usually get no further than the crowd. The one who walks alone is likely to find himself in places no one has ever been. Remember, friends, it's a funny thing about life. If you refuse to accept anything but the very best, you most often get it. Thank you for listening to America's Healthcare Advocate. Goodbye, America.